Stories, fables, ghostly tales. X minus one, but first, tomorrow evening, your Monday music favorite, the best of all, presents a special tribute to the late Lionel Barrymore. World famous as an actor, the versatile Mr. Barrymore was also a talented and accomplished musical composer. And tomorrow night, you'll hear some of his finest works. Skitch Henderson conducts the NBC Orchestra in this musical salute, and you're all invited. So listen tomorrow night for the best of all featuring music by the late Lionel Barrymore, an entertaining and unusual Monday evening NBC highlight. And now stay tuned for X-1 on NBC. From the far horizons of the unknown come tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents... X minus one. Tonight's story, No Contact. It was in the year of 1982 that spacemen first discovered the great galactic barrier. In the past ten years, rocket travel to the moon and the nearer planets had become commonplace. And then men fixed their sights on a more distant star, the remote planet known as Volta. Five exploratory ships went out, and none came back, each in turn disappearing mysteriously at the same vanishing point, at an invisible wall somewhere in the vast outer reaches that became known as the Wrecker of Spaceships, the Galactic Reef. And yet, the explorers refused to admit defeat. It was on June the 2nd, 1987, that the rocket Star Cloud made ready for takeoff, the sixth to attempt to crack the barrier and win through to Volta. Now, here it is. Condition green. Two minutes to blast off. Condition green. Two minutes to blast off. Well, Lewis, this is it. I don't suppose you'll be needing the ship's doctor up here on the bridge during blast off. I think not, Smitty. There's little chance of acceleration bends in these new overdrive ships. I'll be in my office then, pounding vitamin pills if you need me. It's only a few steps. Good luck, Lewis. Thank you, Smitty. Uh, Lieutenant Collier. Uh, yes, sir. You're relieved. You'd better get down to navigation control and take over. Yes, sir. Uh, Lieutenant. Yes, sir. We've never flown together before. This is your first flight in a space vessel as big as the Star Cloud. Yes, sir, but I was trained in oversized jobs at the Naval Academy. Well, if you're half as good a navigator as your father was, you'll do fine. Thank you, sir. Did you ship out with my father? I served under him on one of the first rocket runs to the moon. I see. I almost went along on his last trip to the barrier. Um, too bad about that. Yes, sir. That's all, Connor. Get me the ground control tower on the field. I want to talk to Colonel Harrison. Yes, sir. Go ahead, sir. I patched in the bridge speaker. Colonel Harrison? Yes, Captain. We're standing by for takeoff in 30 seconds. Good. Personnel. We'll try to reestablish radio contact immediately after takeoff. In any event, there'll be a 24-hour ground monitor. Fine. Good luck. Hope you make it. Thank you. Bridge to navigation control. Have control. Call you. Ready, Lieutenant? We're ready, Captain. The course is in the integrator for takeoff at 1,200 hours. All right. Stand by for blastoff. 
Bridge to engine room. Fire up your rocket chambers. Take off at exactly 1,200 hours. I'll read you off. 20 seconds. 19. 18. 17. 16. Hold it. Revoke all orders. Who turned in that alarm? We've uncovered a stowaway. Stowaway? Where? Hiding in sickbay. Dr. Smith found him. Have him brought up to the bridge. Engine room, kill your rockets and stand by. Carson, this is Colonel Harrison at ground control. What's holding you up? Trouble. What's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? There's a stowaway aboard. Stowaway? Yes, I thought your men were supposed to police this base. What's the oh, matter with you? Captain, take it easy. You know what this delay can do to us, don't you? One minute later, takeoff can throw us a million miles off course. We'll have to reintegrate the whole works. Well, look, how long do you think it'll take Don't bother to... for me for a while. I'm busy. Stupid idiot. Lawson? Yes, come in, Smitty. Here's your stove. Now, court martialed. Oh, Charlie. Can you use a good radio man, Skipper? Well, I see you two have met. Matt, Skipper and me made 50 trips to the moon together. Didn't we, Skipper? Charlie, if you wanted to come along, why didn't you volunteer? I did, Skipper. They they turned me down. Well, what's wrong with you? Acceleration bends. They said my arteries wouldn't stand another trip. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But they're wrong, Skipper. I, I got one more good trip in me. Listen, Skipper, you, you you know that these green kids, they don't know the first thing about space radio operation. Now, you you put a man like me on and out, I'll be getting you bedtime stories from Mars. Charlie, you know the regulations as well as I do. I can't take you much as I'd like to. Colonel Harrison will murder me for this. Well, I'm sorry, Charlie. I'll have you put a ground. I'll tell you what, I'll ask Harrison to put you on his ground radio contact, and it'll seem as if you're right here with us. He won't do it, sir. Well, he'd better. I'll have him busted to Corporal for letting you sneak aboard. Look, Charlie, look, you better be off. Now, Paulison. Yes, sir. I'm sending this man aground. Give him time to clear the launching platform. Yes, sir. So long, Charlie. I'm, I'm sorry. Good luck, Skipper. I thought you were going to have him drawn and quartered. If it had been anyone else, I would have, Smitty. But Charlie, well, he's kind of special. Been with me since my first command when we began the regular run to the moon. And if you wanted to come along this time, well, it's only loyalty to me. No, Lewis, I didn't realize it before, but you're almost human. Captain Dawson, have control, call you. Oh, yes, Lieutenant. Uh, how badly are we fouled up? Can you recalculate the course, or shall I cancel the takeoff? I've already plotted a new course on the integrator, sir. If we take off in exactly 30 seconds, we'll need to correct for only a one-degree deflection. I can do that before we breach the stratosphere. That's quick work. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Positive, sir. All right, Collier. I'm putting it in your hands. We'll blast off on your signal. Bridge to engine room. Prepare to blast off on navigator's signal. How are we doing, Collier? Coming on the bearings, sir. Four... Three, two, zero. We've intersected the course vector. Good work, Carly. Course is corrected, sir. We're ready to go into atomic overdrive any time you say. All right. Goodbye. Yes, sir. Now hear this. Now hear this. Prepare for maximum acceleration. Bridge to engine room. Kill your rockets. Rockets out. Fire up number one cyclotron. Fire up number two. Number two, ready. Withdraw your dampening rods. Mission chamber ready. Last tubes cleared. 
Capacity. Take it up, sir. Go into overdrive at the count of zero. Three seconds, Mr. Collier. Three, two, two, one. One. Zero. Zero. How are we doing, Collier? On course, sir. She's running hot and cold. My compliments, Lieutenant. This job would have done your father credit, and he was the best navigation officer I ever saw. Oh, thank you, sir. Start your gyros. Put her on robot control. All right, the bridge is yours, Mr. Collier. If you need me, I'll be in Dr. Smithson's office. Yes, sir. You got us off the ground. You can thank young Collier for that. Ship off the old block. You knew his father? As a matter of fact, I knew him very well. First-rate spaceman. Is he the one Yes, yes. He was lost in the galactic barrier on the second ship we sent out to Vulcan. Lewis, just what do you think this galactic barrier is? Your guess is as good as mine, Doc. All I know is that five ships have gone into it, and none of them have come back out. You think it's a myth? How about Mestrovic's theory that it's a time warp in space? But the ships reach it and slip into another dimension. I think that's a lot of rubbish. My theory is that the galactic barrier is nothing more than a radioactive layer of some kind. Why do you say that? Well, we know that radar signals bounce off it like they were hitting an invisible glass wall. And we know that it destroys our ships and crews in some way. There's no other logical explanation. What makes you think we can get through it, Lewis? Because we're ready for it. The others weren't. The entire hull of this ship is completely shielded with lead. We can crack through any radioactive cloud ever detected. Besides, we're equipped with some new UHF radio devices that should enable us to maintain radio contact with Earth. Nothing can happen. Absolutely nothing. Now, who are you trying to convince? <laughs> well, myself, I suppose. Lewis, you've had your share of glory. First skipper to reach the moon back in 1962. You could have retired. Why are you risking this trip? Five tips are missing. Men like Prentice, Margotson, young Collier's father. I'm tired of seeing good men fed into that meat chopper. Then why are we going to vote her? We haven't any choice, Smitty. We're in a race, the kind of race where men and ships are expendable. According to the Interspace Code, the First Nation to reach Volta can claim it. Well, personally, I want no part. Now, Doc. I'll have to play physician, morale builder, and mother substitute for 112 slightly nervous men. Well, your morale doesn't sound too good, Doc. As morale officer, I can state without fear of contradiction, it is terrible. And something tells me as we approach that galactic barrier, I'm not going to be alone. Hello, Earth. Hello, Earth. Captain Thorson of the Star Cloud calling Earth. Hello, Star Cloud. Hi, Captain. Charlie. Well, I see they haven't court-martialed you yet. No, sir. Thanks to you. Well, it's good to hear you. You can read us the funny papers on Sunday morning. All right. Now, how's our signal? Strong. Clear as a bell. Now, here's our log report for Colonel Harrison. You ready? Shoot. June 2nd, 1987. Four weeks out from Earth. Running through. No radiation. Operation normal. Still making our approach to the galactic barrier. That's all, Charlie. See you later. Good luck, Captain. I sure wish I was with you. How's the morale, Smitty? The men know we're getting closer to the barrier. They're beginning to show a little tension for us. Well, how's their physical condition? Any sickness? About half the crew has come down with space blues. Ah, I was afraid of that. Are they bad? Same as usual. Lips and hands with a bluish cast. Eyes are sensitive to infrared. I don't know. When I first started flying these tin cans, nobody ever heard of space blues. 
Well, now there's a theory it's caused by the terrific acceleration of atomic overdrive. Change in gravity affects the circulation. Hmm. What do you think? I think it's psychosomatic. I've noticed that the same men who get space blues under tension on a ship tend to get blue coloration back on Earth, and they're upset. I guess it's just an occupation disease of space now. Uh-huh. You think it's just the uh, nerves, then? Well, young Collier's got a bad case. I, I think it's tension from overwork. Maybe he needs some vitamins. Lois, when will you realize that vitamins are not a panacea for all the troubles of mankind? I understand that you relieve me from duty. Well, Dr. Smithson says you aren't looking very well, Collier. I'm giving you a rest. Sir, I feel perfectly able to continue. Your lips are as blue as Minnetonka. Captain, I'd like to remain at my post. Don't be foolhardy, Lieutenant. I'm not being foolhardy, sir. I have a special, personal reason for wanting this expedition to reach Bolton. Your father? You think he might still be alive? I have to find out what happened, sir. I, I I think I understand. Very well, Collier. Report back to duty. What's the reading policy? Uh, we're getting a plus five radar bounce now. Coming off the barrier almost as fast as we sent it on. What's the interval? Two seconds. Shortening steadily. This rate will hit the wall in the next few minutes. All right. Alert the crew. Sound general quarters. Now, hear this. Condition red. We are now approaching the galactic barrier. All hands to stations. All radiation detectors to be fully manned. Full security will prevail until further notice. That is all. Uh, policy. Yes, sir. The radar bounces up to plus six. We'd better try to make final contact with Earth. Will Spark still try to raise the base? Yes, sir, but he's not having much luck. Huh? Seems to be some interference. Oh, that's the radio room now. Yes? You got him? Well, Captain on the bridge speaker. Captain will take it from here. Hello? Star Cloud to Earth. Can you hear me, Earth? Hello, Skipper. I can barely read you. We're getting heavy static from sunspots. That's not sunspots, Charlie. We're right on top of the galactic barrier. Getting a plus... No, a plus seven radar bounce. Expect the barrier almost any second now. If we crack the barrier and come through still in one piece, I'll try to get back to you on the high-frequency band. Got you, Skipper. Don't worry. I'll be waiting. So long, Charlie. So long, Star Cloud. Must be getting awfully close now, Captain. It's bouncing back so fast, it's almost beating the signal. When they go inside, hold on to your hat. That's when we run into the wall. Any second. Hold on. Here goes nothing. Here he comes. Captain. <laughs> nothing happened. We made We made it, Captain. No radiation, no time warp, no nothing. Now the, the crew's gone crazy, sir. Let him. They've earned it. Doc, can you break out a few bottles of snake bite serum for medicinal purposes? I sure can, Lewis. This goes for a celebration. How's your morale now? It couldn't be better. How's yours? It couldn't be better. Condition red. Condition red. Radiation detected. Condition red. Radiation detected. Holy mackerel. 
Look at the needle on that indicator. Allison, Allison. Yes, I see it, Captain. Picking radiation like crazy. What's it like? Well, it's a strong impulse. What kind? I don't know. It's too long for a cosmic ray, too short for UHF. Whatever it is, sir, the ship is lousy. Well, track it down, triangulate it, and make it fast. I want a directional fix. Yes, sir. Engine room. Yes, sir. We're picking up radioactivity. Is the fission chambers? No leak here, sir. Check your gauges. Nothing here, Captain. Must be coming from outside. Damage control. Is our lead shield leaking radiation? Well, keep at it. Allison, how are you doing? I've got a fix, Captain. Well, what is it? I'll have to recheck my figures. Now, hurry it up. Angle is correct, but I... Come on, man, for Pete's sake, where's the radiation coming from? Sir, it's... It's coming from inside the ship. That's impossible. No, sir, I've checked it twice. But it's got to be the engine, then. But, sir, we're finished. Engine room. Yes, sir. That radiation must be in the overdrive pile. No, sir, it isn't here, sir. Are you certain? Yes, sir. All right, keep checking. There's only one thing left to do. Follow us and get a Geiger counter. We're going to start combing this ship inch by inch. Yes, sir. All right, turn it on. Yes, sir. All right. Ready, Captain? We'll check the atomic guns first. Come on. We'll, uh, cut through the officer's quarters here to work. Now, turn here. Oh, wait a minute, sir. Huh? What is it? The signal's weaker now. Yeah. Let's go back. Hold it. Hold it. Seems strongest right about here. Doesn't make sense. Whose cabin is this? Lieutenant Collier's. Collier? Oh, he's down on that control. Oh, try the door. It's not locked, sir. It's in here, all right. Listen to that counter. Strongest over here. Open that wall cabinet. It's locked, sir. I'll smash it. Cut off that Geiger counter. Now, what do you make of this, Paulus? It looks like some sort of portable transmitter, sir. Must be foreign manufacturer. I, I don't recognize the calibration symbols at all. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. Which raises a small question. What is Lieutenant Collier doing with a transmitter in his cabin? I don't know, sir. Well, I intend to find out, Paulison. Get down to nap control and bring Collier up to the bridge on the double. Well, hadn't we better find some way to shut this thing off first? I know a way. <laughs> Lieutenant Collier, I'm going to ask a few simple questions, and I want a few simple answers. Yes, sir. What were you doing with the transmitter in your cabin? Transmitter, Captain? Oh, you know nothing about it. No, sir, I don't. Do you recognize these calibration symbols? No, sir. Can you think of how it might have been placed in your cabin without your knowing it? No, sir, unless someone came in while I was on duty. Would that have been possible? I suppose so, if someone had a key. I found your cabin door unlocked. Well, I made a key to the wall, Captain. I didn't say the wall cabinet. Well, I... Uh... You what, Lieutenant? How could you have known it was in the wall cabinet? Well, I just assumed, sir. Lieutenant Collier, I find it hard to believe you would lie. Having known and respected your father. Having observed the way you handle your job. However, I intend to get to the root of this thing. May I have your wristwatch, Lieutenant? Sir? Your wristwatch. Yes, sir. Allison, turn on that Geiger collar. Yes, sir. Hold this watch next to it. Yes, sir. That's all. Lieutenant, if you hadn't any close contact with that transmitter, how do you explain the radioactivity of this watch? Well, I... I don't, sir. I think it better. To whom were you sending those signals? Condition red! Condition red! There's your answer, Captain. What is this, Collier? Alien spaceship approaching! Alien spaceship approaching! Collier, who's aboard that ship? 
All right, now talk. Very well, Captain. My mission seems completed. Your mission? Are you admitting that you're an agent of a foreign power? I'm stating it's... What nation? No nation, Captain. What? I am an agent of the Voltan government. No. What? The government of the planet of Voltan. You're crazy. Are you so stupid, Captain? Did you think your people are the only ones who can invade another planet? What do you mean? We've had agents operating on Earth since 1945. I don't believe you. What do you think happened to those five ships, Captain? Where do you suppose we got our information? Your language, your culture, family background. Your appearance, you, you look like... Like Commander Collier? Well, is that so surprising, Captain? You see, Captain... We had a living model. I ought to kill you. That'd be very foolish, Captain. I would advise you to surrender without delay. Alien ship now coming in water range. I'll deal with you later, Collier Paulison. Yes, sir. Put this man in irons. Take him away. Don't worry, sir. We'll take good care of him. Gunnery. Gunnery Richardson. What's the range? 10,000 meters. They're closing fast. Put your guns on radar tracking. Tracking. Coming on the bearing. Fire. Fire, Richardson. Richardson, did you hear me? Fire! What's the matter down there? Did you hear me? Richardson, answer me. It's no what? use to shout, Captain. Collier, how did you get loose? Where's Paulison? Lieutenant Paulison is dead. All stations! Lieutenant Collier has escaped! Seize him, men! Don't waste your breath. Your men can't hear you, Captain. What? Those still alive are my men. You're lying! No, Captain. Every ship that has ever left Earth was controlled by a Voltan crew. That's impossible! Those were hand-picked men! Hand-picked by us. I don't believe you. No? Then why not call for help? Carpenter, Robinson, Haley, report. You see, Captain? That. Carpenter! Robinson! Haley! It's quite useless, Captain. I would advise you to sit very quietly and do nothing. Very well, Collier. You beat us. What now? The ship will be taken to Volta for, shall we say, Further experimentation. I see. Of course, there's one thing you hadn't counted on. Just what is that, Captain? Listen! Carpenter! Are you in there, Lieutenant Carpenter? We can't all be dead. There must be one alive. Smitty! Dr. Smithson! Smitty! Smitty! What have you done to him? Sorry, Bertie. Uh, I don't talk. I must lean, lean closer. Not much time. Lewis, space blues. Space blues? What is it, Smitty? What are you trying to tell me? All men with space blues. All times. Yes, hello, let me help you. Oh, Lewis, get the message back to work. All times. Column. Watch out for space. Oh, Smitty. Oh, Smitty. Captain Thompson, 
Captain Paulson, you can't hide from us now. Come back to the bridge and surrender. Or my men will come and get you. Hello. Hello. Star Cloud calling Earth. Please, God, let me get through. It's too late. Hello. Star Cloud to Earth. Come in, please. Come in, please. Hello. Oh, hello. Can you hear me, Charlie? Skipper, is that you? You getting my signal? It's coming in a little louder now, Skip. Keep sending. God, now look, Charlie, listen to me. Not much time. Get word to Colonel Harris. Crew mutinied. Most of crew members, Fultons. What? Fultons. Spell that. P-O-L. Fultons. That's right. They're from the planet Volta. Skipper. Skipper, are you all right? Now, Charlie, this is serious. They'll be here any second. Now, listen, they have a fifth column on Earth. They're planning to invade you. You mean it? Of course I mean it. Tell Harrison, posing as humans, you can detect them by space blues. You got that only Fulton's get space blue. Charlie, did you hear me? Space blue. I get you. Come in here, Charlie. After bringing a new one, everybody. Captain. They open the door. So long, Charlie. Tell Harrison. Captain Thorson. Hello. Hello, Star Cloud. What's the trouble, Sergeant? I'm just trying to raise a Star Cloud, Colonel. Had any luck? No, sir. No contact. No contact, eh? No, sir. Nearly an hour since they hit the galactic barrier. I don't understand why they haven't tried to get a message back. No, sir. Neither do I. Oh, all right. I'll take over for a while. Yes, you could do that, sir. It's all yours. Right. Oh, and Charlie, uh, you better go out and get yourself some coffee. You look a little blue around the gills. Tonight, X-1 has brought you No Contact, written by George Lefferts from an original story of Lefferts and Ernest Kinoy. Featured in the cast were Louis Van Ruten as Captain, Donald Buca as Collier, Wendell Holmes as Charlie, and Bill Griffiths, Bill Smith, Matt Crowley, and Ken Williams, your announcer, Don Pardo. X-1 was directed by Fred Way and is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production. And now, next week. When you want to take over a world, you naturally look for its weak point. Some way to catch its people off guard. We live in a world where everybody loves a parade, a world of press agents and publicity stunts. But who would ever dream that invaders from outer space would take advantage of that weakness? and actually hire a press agent to advertise their coming. Who would believe it was anything but just another publicity gag? At least, not until the terrible moment when it was already too late. The moment of... X... Minus... One... ...transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future... Adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents... X... Minus... One...
Tonight's story, Universe. We are just beginning to discover how boundless our universe really is. And yet as man reaches out to the stars, out toward infinity, ironically enough, he may be building himself a new kind of prison. What would it be like to live all your life in a world no larger, say, than a single gigantic rocket ship bound on endless mercy? Look out! You all right? Yes. Just missed me. What was it? A mutant with a slingshot, I think. Must have dashed down that passageway. Want to go after it? Oh, we'd never catch it, Alan. It's probably 12 decks above us by now. I didn't think they ever came down this far. Patrols usually get them before they reach this level. They get more daring each generation. This one looked like a female. Uh, Male or female, it might have killed us. I told you this trip was pure foolishness, climbing 24 (laughs) deck levels to hear a crazy old man rave. All right, Adam, we're almost there now. Let me see, compartment X, 15, level 24. This is the place. This area smells as if it hadn't been visited by a sanitation crew for generations. Mm. This part of the ship is almost deserted. Yes? Is this the compartment of John the Witness? Who are you? My name is Hugh Hoyland. Cadet from Scientist Barracks. This is my friend Alan Mahoney. What do you want of John the Witness? Well, only to talk. Are you a believer in Jordan? Naturally. I have heard that there are those among the younger scientists who doubt the word of Jordan. To doubt is death. We're not heretics. Ah. Enter. I've brought you a gift of tobacco. Grown on the richest level. Oh, it smells good. I assure you, it's of the best. Wait here. I'll get him. What a rat's nest. What the devil do you think he can tell you? Alan, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Are you John the Witness? I am. Good evening to you. I'm Hugh Hoyland. This is my friend, Alan Mahoney. What brings a gentleman of the scientist class to my humble compartment? I've heard that you and your parents before you have been keepers of the legend of the ship. Since Jordan gave the word. I'm anxious to hear the word as Jordan spoke it. Why? Because our young scientists... Well, among them, there have been some who talk against the word. There are regulations against such heresy. Still, some of them say the ship has no purpose. They say that we are here accidentally, that we have no more grace in Jordan's eyes than the most deformed mutant who dwells in the highest level of the ship. What shall I say to you? I wish to hear the word from the mouth of one who knows, in order that I may become more convinced. Sit. You have a gift for the witness? The finest tobacco. Good. I will dim the lights. 
Now pay close attention, for these are the words as my father's father's father gave them to his son's son's son. This is how the ship came into being, how our people were created. In the beginning there was only Jordan, thinking his lonely thoughts. Out of his thoughts came a vision. Out of the vision came a planning, and out of the planning came decision. Jordan's hand was lifted, and the ship was born. Mile after mile of good compartments, tank after tank for golden corn, ladder and passage, door and locker fit for the needs of the yet unborn. He looked on his work and found it pleasing, meet for a race that was yet to be. He thought of man, and man came into being. Then Jordan checked his thoughts and searched for a key. Man untamed would shame his maker. Man unruled would spoil the plan. So Jordan made the regulations and order came to the works of man. A crew he created to work at their stations. Scientists to guide the plan. Over them all he created captain, made him judge of the race of man. Thus it was in the golden age. These are the true words? As my father's father taught them. But what are the strange beast-like people on the upper levels of the ship? Surely Jordan did not create them. Jordan is perfect. All below him lack perfection. You have heard of the legend of Huff? I have heard that he mutinied against Jordan. Darkness swallowed the ways of virtue. Sin prevailed upon the ship. And before wisdom prevailed and the bodies of Huff and his followers were fed into the converter, some of the rebels escaped and lived to father the mutants. They are tainted with the sins of their fathers. Witness, one more question. Speak. What is the ship? The ship is a great sphere. Twenty-five kilometers wide and one hundred levels deep. I know that, but the upper levels... Regulations forbid us to venture into the upper levels, but it is said that beyond the levels of the mutants lies the forbidden place where Jordan's spirit prevails. So I've heard, yet something troubles me. Something which prompted my coming here. Yes, my son. What lies beyond the ship? What? What lies beyond the ship? This is heresy. Answer me. I will not permit such talk. The ship is complete. The ship is universal. The ship is everywhere. The, the ship is endless. The Your mutterings is... are those of a frightened old man. No. They answer nothing. You, you question the word? I think you lie. Hear me, Mr. Hoyland. For what you have already said, I can have your body fed into the converter. Your soul launched on the endless trip. You threaten me. You, for Jordan's sake. Do you think I fear this dried fig of a man? You! Sir, my friend is impetuous. He, he does not understand. I might be persuaded to forget a, a substantial gift. Why, you kid! You! Alan, come on. The sight of this so-called holy man offends me. No, you shall not leave. Don't try to frighten me with that gun, old man. Remain where you are, heretic. I warn you, put down that gun. No, 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 no closer. Drop it. No, very well, then. Death to the heretic. Alan, get him. Alan, he's not breathing. He 
Is he dead? I, I, I don't know. Come on, Hugh, we've got to get out of here. Right. Now where? We can't go back. They'd feed us into the converter before we could even... What's that? An alarm. That old woman must have turned it in. Come on, Alan, the patrol will be here in no time. Where can we go? Yes, where, where... The upper level. So the mutant will have to take our chances. Come on, Ellen, let's go. Listen, that's the patrol. Come on, we've got to climb. There's a hatchway down the corridor. Right, quickly, quickly. Oh, oh we fire. Ellen, Ellen, up ladder. Up. Come on, Ellen, come on. Hugh, Hugh, wait. How far are we from the outside wall? Uh, judging by the slope of the deck. About two miles. Alan, let's try this passageway here. You hadn't asked him that stupid question. Now, there's no use going over that. But why did you do it? I've been thinking about it for a long time. When he began to give me those stupid, tired answers. Well, I just saw red, I guess. Who are you to question the ways of Jordan? When you asked me to go with you to visit the witness, I... I thought you wanted spiritual help. I, I never I'm dreamed... I'm sorry, Alan. I'm sorry. I couldn't foresee this. Wait. Wait a minute. What? I... Well, I saw something move. Where? Near that bulkhead. I don't see anything. Oh, maybe my eyes are going bad. <laughs> Listen! Hugh, behind us! Alan, look out! What are you? Uh, 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 that knife. Keep away from me, you. Not yet. Who are you? You must forgive my friend Bobo. Like so many of my people, he's rather impetuous where members of the so-called super race are concerned. Who are you? What place is this? As you can guess, from my leg. I'm a mutant. Mutant? Where? Where is Alan? Your friend is dead. Dead? I was not able to restrain my people in time to save him. Why don't you destroy me and get it over with? We do not kill for pleasure, Mr. Harland. Only when necessary. You know my name? I read your identification tag. Who are you? Mutants can't read. My name is Gregory. Gregory? I'm a leader of my people. You see, although we are unfortunate in our heredity, Mr. Hoyland, many of us are quite intelligent. And why do you live like animals? We'd rather live like free animals than like regimented slaves, as you do. I've heard you, you practice cannibalism. Undoubtedly, you hear many things about us. You turn your head. Why? That... that monster. I've never seen a creature like him. Bobo is an unfortunate. He was born without the power of speech. How can you tolerate such a monstrosity? We've learned to live with difference. If we began to destroy our imperfects as you do on the lower levels, there would soon be no one left. It violates the regulations. The word of Jordan. You know, Mr. Highland, your people are really quite primitive and barbaric. You dare say that to me. I dare say a good deal more. 
Let us go to my compartment and speak further. I'm always interested in information on the lower levels. I'll give you no information. Bobo. <laughs> Mr. Hoyland in my cabin, please. <laughs> I would advise you to go quietly, Mr. Hoyland. Bobo has a hatred of superior beings, which is unfortunate, but quite understandable. Proceed. Enter, Mr. Hoyland. This is where you live? Yes. But you have books. Stolen from your libraries, Mr. Holland. Compton's Astrophysics, Philosophy of Interstellar Navigation, Celestial Mechanic. You've read these? Most of them. I had no idea that you... Why did you bring me here? What do you intend to do? Do you believe in Jordan, Mr. Holland? There is no other belief. And the trip? I suppose you believe in the trip, too. What else is there to believe? When you die, your remains are fed to the converter and your soul makes the trip. And where does the trip take you? Why, to Centaurus, of course. Ah. And where or what is Centaurus? Centaurus is... Mind you, I'm just telling you the orthodox answer. Centaurus is where you arrive when you've made the trip. A place where everybody is happy and where there's always good eating. And you believe this? Well, the... Peasants believe it literally, but many of the younger scientists, like myself, know it is figurative and symbolic. Why do you ask? Did it ever occur to you, Mr. Hoyland, that the trip is exactly what your peasants believe it is? What? And that the ship and all the crew were actually going somewhere, moving? The sh ship can't go anywhere. It already is everywhere. Imagine a place bigger than the ship. Much bigger? bigger. With the ship inside it, moving inside it. There can't be any place bigger than the ship. There just wouldn't be any place for it to be. Oh, for half's sake, listen. You know the lowest level? Of course. If you started digging a hole in the lowest level, where would that hole go? It's forbidden to think such thoughts. Where would it go? I can't think about it. Bobo. We're <coughs> going to take Mr. Hoyland to the place. No. Where... Where are we going? To the top level. But that's certain death. Nonsense. I've been there a thousand times. Come along. No, I won't. I won't. You can't make me. I think we can. <laughs> Please. Now, shall we proceed peacefully, or shall I have Bobo persuade you? Open the door, Bobo. <laughs> Inside. place is this? This, Mr. Hoyland, is the main control room. Now, Mr. Hoyland, you're trembling. It isn't true. No. No, there's no such place except in mythology. Ah, you younger men are so wise, Mr. Hoyland, except for one thing. This happens to be the main control room of the ship. Main control? But it's just a huge room with an instrument panel. And what did you expect? How do you know this is the main control room? See these instruments? Using them, the navigator many hundreds of years ago actually steered the ship on its voyage. I don't understand. I didn't suppose you would. Sit down. Very well. Look up. What do you see? A huge shield. Watch it for one moment, Mr. Hoyland. You're going to see something that few of us have ever been privileged to witness. What are you doing? Dimming the lights. Don't be frightened. Keep your eyes focused on the shield above us. Ready? Watch. 
It's sliding back. Ghost of Jordan. Well? What, what am I seeing? The universe, Mr. Hoyland. The universe and all its beauty. The stars, the planets, the suns and moons and constellations. No. No, it can't be. The ship is the universe. There is nothing but the ship. Ah, but there it is. You see it before your eyes spread out like a canopy of glory. Do you still deny it? Answer me, Mr. Hoyland. Do you deny it? No. No, I can't deny it. They've lied. They lied to all of us. Good. I have showed the others of your people whom we captured, and though they saw it before their very eyes, they would not believe it. Please. Please tell me all about it. Tell me the truth about the ship and about the universe. What are these things? How did this come about? Many thousands of years ago, on a planet like those you have just seen, a planet called Earth, a scientist named Jordan decided to build a ship that would carry men from one planet to another. For many years, Jordan and thousands of others studied and planned. And when they were finished, they built the ship. A ship so large that it had to be assembled in its own orbit beyond a place called the moon. Sixty years it took them to construct. And when it was finished, a whole new science had been conceived. Then the trip was begun. The trip that was to land a colony of Earthmen on a far-off planet called Centaurus. Millions of light years beyond the furthest planet ever reached before. But how do you know these things? Among my books are the log which Jordan himself kept and the records of the journey for the first 40 years. What happened? There was a mutiny. A man named Huff led a rebellion of those who wanted to turn back. In the struggle, the navigators were killed. And the crew fell into a state of anarchy. In the years to follow, small groups of men tried to organize the ship for navigation, and each time they failed. Finally, the whole idea was abandoned. And so, for centuries, we have swung in space, unmanned, undirected, living in a lost world of our own making, without purpose, without direction. Why have you told me this? Can't you guess? You want to finish the trip. Yes, but I can't. You can't. Look at me, Mr. Hoyland. You see, a mutant, a man with a twisted leg. My people are outcasts, condemned to death if we so much as set foot in the lower levels of the ship. The main drive is in the lower levels where my people are forbidden to go. Oh, it would mean that both our people would have to work together. Our differences encouraged rather than denied. All right. I'll see the captain himself. I have an uncle on the central board. I'll tell him what I've seen here. And do you think he'll believe you? Send one of your people with me. That's asking a good deal. I'm risking a good deal by going back. Very well. Bobo will go with you. Bobo? He can't talk. There will be no need for talk. I will write a message 
guaranteeing safe conduct for a group of unarmed scientists to visit the main control room. Bobo will take you safely through our territory. What happens when you reach your own level is up to you. One moment. Yes, what? You. Quick, Uncle. Let us in. Hey, but this, this Newton. He's harmless. Please, Uncle, please. Now, what is this? You're wanted for... I know all about that. Uncle, listen. I must see the captain. The captain? Are, are you mad? Uncle, you're a council member. You can get me to see him. He'll kill you. You're wanted for heresy. I don't care. I must speak with the captain. Now, Uncle, you're close to him. You can arrange it. I don't understand. Listen to me. The ship is moving. I can prove it. You understand? There is a purpose in the ship. I don't understand what you're babbling about. Now, never mind. Just talk to the captain. Tell him I have information of tremendous importance. Tell him I've arranged a truce with the mutants. Truce? Here. Show him this paper. Signed by their leader. Do it, Uncle, for my sake. I don't know what... Uncle, please, if I'm to die, let this be my last request to you. Very well. I'll speak to the captain. say, Mr. Hoyland, that you saw this with your own eyes? I swear it, Captain. I swear it on the word of Jordan. Hmm. Uh, let me see the paper again. Commander Erst, what do you think? I don't know, sir. It might be a trick. I guarantee you safe conduct. If these things are as Mr. Hoyland reports them, it would pay to risk a few lives. A man is a convicted heretic. Still, we must not discount his word. He has a safe conduct, and the mutant risked its life coming with him. I think we might investigate. Captain, you mean you will do it? I will have an expedition outfitted. Dismissed, Mr. Hoyland. Thank you, sir. Captain, Commander Earth. Sir. You will make the necessary arrangements for an expedition. And I trust you understand. Perfectly, sir. Perfectly. Lieutenant. Mr. Harlan. Hey, you better hurt your men here. This is the spot. Patrol! Well, I see no welcoming party of mutants. Oh, there'll be none. Their leader will meet you inside the main control room. You don't say. And just where is this main control room? Beyond that door. I see. All right, men. Ready on. Lieutenant, why do you ready arms? In case of ambush. Ambush? Now, wait a minute, Lieutenant. What are those men doing with that ray gun? Just aiming it at the door. Are you mad? No, Mr. Hoyland, but most certainly you are to think that we could be lured up here to be slaughtered with a fantastic story about some mythical control room. Guns ready, Lieutenant, sir. Lieutenant, I warn you, these people have acted in good faith. You can't break that thing. Oh, Mutant! Out! For Jordan's sake, Hold Lieutenant! It. It's a little too quiet for comfort. Mutant! Open the door. Please, Jordan. Don't let anything happen. Don't let... Oh, this opening. Ready, men. 
Someone's coming out. Steady. Gregory, stay back! Fire! You fools! You've killed him! Here come the rest of them. Fire! Fire! That should teach them a lesson they won't forget. All right, men, inside the room. Hello, Harlan. You're under arrest for the conspirator in this ambush. Ambush, you fool. You blind, stupid fool. All right, that'll be enough. You've been inside this place before? Yes. What's this machinery? These are the controls he would have used to steer the ship. Gone out of his mind, Lieutenant. Steer the ship? Who? The leader, the one you killed. <laughs> this ugly mutant? This ugly mutant. Happened to be a man of true genius. Why, you're mad. Am I? Lieutenant, this man had a vision which would have saved you, but you chose to kill him because you couldn't stand the sight of his difference from you. Shut up, Highland. Don't listen to a man. You can't shut your eyes and you can't shut your minds and you can't shut your ears to this. Look, moving back. Yes, look. Let the vision of this confound your ignorance and blind your eyes. This is the heritage of stars and open skies for which men have yearned for centuries. Try to destroy this and you will only destroy yourselves. Death to the heritage. But I... I say to you that you can't keep this from our people. They... They will seek it out. The ship will be manned. And the ship will be steered. And there will be freedom, purpose, and respect for ourselves. This is your heritage. Look. Look upon the universe. Kill him. X minus one has just brought you Universe, a story written by Robert Heinlein and adapted for radio by George Lefferts. Heard in the cast were Donald Buca as Hugh, Peter Capel as Gregory, Bill Griffiths as Alan, Abby Lewis as the woman, Edgar Staley as the witness, Jason Johnson as the uncle, John Seymour as the captain, and Ian Martin as the lieutenant. Your announcer is Fred Collins. X-1 is directed by Fred Way and is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production. And now, next week, next week we have a strange story to tell. A sweet, blood-curdling little story that is really only two sentences long. Good day, you legends. I hope you're doing wonderfully. I'm going to have to keep my outro short tonight only because I caught a blasted stomach bug and it sucked the energy out of me. But I wanted to say before I went, I hope you enjoyed both these episodes because I really had a blast listening and repairing both of these. Finding X-1 was really lucky as the acting is so on point. And the special effects, over the top in some cases, but utterly brilliant. The first story was and had a really good twist about invading aliens. 
whilst the second story about the mutants versus the cult with the giant infinite ship went its predictable route, but still an absolute blast. The acting is just phenomenal in both these episodes. A huge thank you for listening, you legends. I want to thank my amazing legendary pal, Matto Star, you top tier, Ode Knight T Titan, Mega Star You. Blessed to have your support. My wickedly awesome White Tea Warlord, Lazuka Rex, thank you for your support, mate. And my legendary Earl Grain Forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Juicebox Andy, Peter Effeli, Michelangelo Yacone, Divided by Zero, Leah Fassig, Alia Arcane, Solstra, and Paige Kramer. And next week, I'm going to be narrating some submitted stories. So that's the likes of Fee Stringer and a couple of other lovely people who sent their stories in and that I've reviewed and thought, you know what? These guys deserve to be aired. Have a wonderful week. I'll catch you next week when I'm feeling a lot better. Good night, you legends. I'm off to have some sleep. Cheers and see you soon.